I do want to tell my guest that my restaurant is not for me making the money, making profit. It's a, it's my DNA. Like if I go and I do the draw, the blood drawing, I think the doctor is going to come to me and going to go like, oh, this is a restaurant. It's in my DNA. I love it a lot. And a majority of people have seen what I do in here. Every month I have a project. I, I put money into the business. I do fresh paint, new windows. Uh, I'm sorry, not new windows. We don't, we're not allowed to change windows here. Historic society, uh, new table. Everything uh, is very refreshed here all the time. Uh, new flooring. We just had new flooring not too long ago. Um, I built my own, actually. I, I'm a carpenter, too. So I do my own tables, my own chairs. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, I just built my uh, my outdoor tables, actually. If that's you see so them. Cool. Yeah, they're beautiful. Time. Dude, that's impressive. Do you, Would you say that you like doing carpentry as much as cooking or is cooking your, your number one passion? If I do, if I do carpenter, if I'm if I build a door for someone with money, I will not like it. If I do it for free, I will like it. <laughs> it's a hobby. Okay. It's a work for someone. Uh, uh, I have to work for myself in order to like it. That's cool, man. Hey, Upper Feasters, thank you so much for listening. Sorry this episode came out a little bit late today. I had some technical difficulties, but this episode is definitely worth the wait. I talked to Walters at the Manor Corps. He's awesome. He's passionate, quirky, really great dude. He said his restaurant is his DNA, and that really spoke to me. He's a man of many hats. He's a restaurant owner, a cook, carpenter, and so much more. His grandma talked him out of going to culinary school, and he was able to succeed without it by starting as a dishwasher and working his way up the restaurant ladder. She also taught him the importance of using all of an ingredient and respecting the food. We talked about challenges of coming to America from Albania. He said he loves to eat pig eye. He said it's very delicious and has the consistency of roasted garlic. What do you think? Would you eat a pig's eye? I asked him if he would eat at a buffet inside of a strip club. His answer is pretty great, so make sure to tune in till the end to listen to that. And he also has big plans coming up. He wants to open up a diner with the best hash browns in all of Columbus. Pardon the pronunciation, but uh, Burik, feast or pass? That's a tough one uh, because uh, there is a, there is different ways to make that. Definitely, I like the way my mom makes it, uh, not the way I make it. Uh, I like this one. Uh, if you make something like that with cheese, uh, maybe a little bit spinach, it's one of the best things there. Meat, it's good, but it doesn't have the same flavor that actually the, the cheese and spinach has. Another Albanian classic. Okay. Pace Koki. It's like a meathead soup. Maybe it's P-A-C-E. K-O-K-E. Uh, oh, that is my that is my favorite. So uh, I do that once in a while because I'm a butcher. So every time uh, I uh, I butcher an animal, uh, especially when it's like veal, so you get the head and then you boil that with onions and then you have some bay leaves, some um, uh, peppercorn, uh, and you boil it for like maybe twelve hours, slow and slow. It falls in part. Basically, is the the marrow. Um, that's what it is. It becomes like really nice and thick. When you think of the, the head of the cow and then soup, uh, most people are going to go like, no, no, no. But I have done some surprise dinners for my friends and I never told them what it is. Uh-huh. They, they have cleaned that plate. They have licked their fingers and all that thing. And then I had to come with a surprise at the end. This is what you guys ate. They go like, oh my God, how so, right? So, <laughs> It is the best thing you can eat. It's so flavorful, and uh, you will know that only if you try that. And I will call you sometime when I, would I do love that. It. I've never it's had it. Um, I have had bone marrow. I love bone marrow. So if it's anything like that, I, I think I would like it. It is very similar. So you're you're a man of many hats. You're a butcher, a restaurant owner, a manager. Like you do front of the house, like 
Do you have a favorite part of restaurant life? Uh, beside restaurants or in the restaurant? So yeah, in the restaurant, like, do you prefer like to butcher an animal, to come up with recipes, to cook, to interact with your customers? Like, do you have like a favorite part of the restaurant? So what I have created for myself here is, uh, I do all of that in, in a five minutes. In, in, in a five minutes, I'll be in the kitchen and then do something in another five minutes. And I'll, you know, uh, handshake and then share a story with a, with a guest. I don't think I'll be good only at one thing or the other. This one has to be as a package where uh, I have to do all that. Uh, that uh, 15 years, that's all I've been doing. So uh, I can't be locked in uh, and then do butching, cooking or, or at the door only. I have to do all of that together. Gotcha. And so what made you want to start a restaurant or what made you want to get into the restaurant business? Beginning was a dishwasher. I, I believe almost as everyone else, I was trying to get into the cooking. But before that, I wanted to go into the culinary school. Uh, at that time, my grandma was a lot younger and then very sharp. So uh, having a conversation with her and she goes like, maybe it's a good idea. But if you know the difference on salt and pepper, salt or sugar, you see that you can actually succeed without the culinary school. And that's where I actually got my head straight. And I'm going, you know what? I'm going to go from dishwasher to prep to cooking and then running food, making some drinks, inventory. And that was like a multi test for me where I picked up and I fell in love with it because of the people. Like you work with amazing people, you meet great people. And when you cook for them and they tell you, thank you so much, I mean, that's just a very good life there they make you happy you enjoy your life like that a lot more of course i think people are always happy when they're eating food and they even call it comfort food for a reason it's very comforting and great so you mentioned your mom and your grandma would you say they're the ones who taught you how to cook yes and no cooking was my uh, when i came to america it's a different style okay what i learned from them was the appreciation of it like if you get an onion and then you cut it and then there is an inch out of that onion goes to the trash. Uh, that's where they teach me that you can't throw food away. You should appreciate this. You know, you should pick it up. You should apologize to that onion uh, and then never do that again. So they teach me this uh, because I do see that very often when a tomato is cut and then they mm -hmm. get only the middle part mm -hmm. and the rest goes to like, you know, a dumpster. And that does make me a little bit upset because there is people down the street, they actually starve and we threw stuff away. So they teach me on appreciation more than anything else. Two different cooking. Grandma cooks very little bit, but very tasty. Uh -huh. Mom cooks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. When you first came to America, what would you say was some of the biggest differences in food, like between Albania and here in the States? Uh, portions were one of them. <laughs> Big portions. <laughs> uh, like I used to have one egg for breakfast, but I swear to God right now I need more like 10 eggs. Yeah. Sounds about right, my man. So when you were trying to learn how to, to cook and, and master your craft and anything, everything, is there like a specific dish that you thought, wow, I'm actually a good cook. I actually know what I'm doing. Like what was your first dish that was like so good? Uh, I was making snapper francaise. So that is made, that's not an American dish. 
but very Americanized dish. And that was something that I never had before. Uh, you know, you get the snapper, you get the flour, the egg wash, uh, breadcrumbs, and then, you know, you you cast iron that or deep fry and you have your you know, your linguine with like a creamy sauce and, you know, put a little bit Cajun there or smoked paprika. That dish was so yummy. And uh, I got into the pastas here more and more. Uh, it seems like the pastas were easier and very going and then a very good presentation. And that uh, dragged me into more uh, salt hang. Nice. Uh, that was, I was that. That's really cool. And you mentioned the fish and that makes me think of your, uh, your funny Instagram video where you drink the beer out of the fish. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What did that taste like? Yeah. Did it taste weird or did it taste normal? Uh, so first uh, I cheated a little bit because I washed that with a whiskey. Nice. So I didn't out of it, right? So after I washed it, you know, you close the, the, the what do you call it, the nozzles here. And then yeah. you, whiskey is so strong that you don't know the difference. <laughs> Uh, and I was really hoping that my wife did not see that video for like, like a week or two. Uh-huh. But I got that video in like in the first five minutes. <laughs> it was so funny, man. So you're so silly. And that's why I just had to talk to you because I love your food. It's amazing. That's, that's just a given. It's super delicious. But when you posted your Valentine's Day video where you're on a date and you're like panicking and then it cuts to the squid or the octopus or whatever... That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that other one got me in trouble. I was hoping my wife did not see that video either. Hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. Would you say that you're an adventurous eater? Some people believe that. I did visit my brother-in-law last night and he has an um, aquarium. And then he told me, stay away from my fish because <laughs> you eat anything. Uh, stay away from my fish argument because he believed that I would eat his fish right out of the tank. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Like I, I saw, I guess in Japan, sometimes they do like a tiger penis soup. Would you eat a tiger penis soup? Yeah. <laughs> I would try it, I guess. I mean, whatever. Someone offers it to me. I, I guess I'll try it. So it's cooked, right? Yeah, it's cooked. Uh, 100%. <laughs> I say eat the whole animal. It's all delicious. The first time I ever had pig cheek was on accident i kind of got tricked like how you mentioned you tricked your friends with the um the meathead soup my buddy just gave me this taco and i ate it and then he was like oh that was pig's cheek and i was like holy shit that was delicious it is um i do find out that when i cook the whole pig the, the my part that no one else is allowed to touch is the head uh because i do eat uh, the eyeball uh, i get a fork and i I stick it in the eye and I turn it, you know, like how you get the spaghetti nice yeah. and beautiful around the spoon, right? And I twist it, I twist it, I twist it, it comes off. It's very tasty. You know, like when you roast the garlic, uh -huh. roast garlic, it has the same consistency with that one. It's not gamey, especially when you have like an open fire rusticity and not an oven. It's delicious. Oh my gosh. I've never eaten an eyeball. You basically sold me on it. I would definitely try it. <laughs> Walter, do you have, um, a, I know this is a super hard question. Like if someone were to come to Columbus, Ohio, do you have a top three restaurants that you'd recommend? You're right. That's very tough uh, because I love them all. Uh, the nice thing about Columbus, almost none restaurant are, is the same. It does make hard to pick where to go. Uh, usually for me, I, uh, uh, I eat anything and I can go anywhere. But my kids are uh, 
a little bit different. So if my kids don't like it, I can't go back. Like my kids like the hot chicken takeover. You know, we get carry out from them or we go there. So for me, that's a good restaurant to go. Janice ice cream, they love ice cream. We go to uh, get Janice ice cream. I would say Bistrolino when it comes to like a real restaurant. Bistrolino, it's a new opener. Okay. A year and a half. I've never heard of it. Where is that? That sounds great. Do you know where used to be um, the old uh, a pizza place on a fourth and Livingstone? Harvest Pizza. Yes. Building. Yep, they I do know that building. Trilino moved back in. Uh, and I really enjoy their food. They're, you know, very tra- traditional Italian food, actually. That's cool, man. So when it comes to hot chicken, can you handle the heat? Are you a spicy guy? Like, how hot can you go? Uh, I don't do the heat. Most Europeans actually don't do the heat. We like the spices, but not the heat. I mean, I can have the whole onion. That's fine with me. But when it comes to Cajun, we can't do much heat. Gotcha. So no, like, you know, super mega hot, nothing. Could you give me an example of like one of your favorite dining experiences, whether it be, you know, when you were a kid in Europe or when you first came to the States or even a more recent one? I'm a very critical person when it comes to dining. And I... I don't like myself for being that way because uh, I expect exactly what I give to people. If I don't get that back, I'm not happy. And that's not the best way to live your life because you're the best. No one else can actually give that to you. You know, uh, and, uh, you should get what you get and then, you know, uh, be thankful for what you get. Uh, but I really enjoy when uh, the servers are uh, happy to see you, uh, offer to you what they have, uh, just that happiness, that welcome, that hospitality. I don't mind so much just the food. Uh, it's just that happiness. Columbus, most part, have a very good um, hospitality. Service is so important. And so many times you get a server where they kind of feel like you're bothering them by showing up. And it's like, hey, man, I'm like, this is your job. Like, fake it. Like, because I used to be a server and everyone has a bad day. But I would always just fake it. I would be fake nice. I would smile. I would be so happy to see you. Our special is the best special in the whole world. It's life-changing. Like the the vibes and ambiance of a place are very important. I, I agree 100%. Correct. Uh, one thing I really uh, uh, bring to my employee meetings uh, is no matter what day you got, that never goes in front of your guest. Uh, because it's not much different when your uncle comes to your home after five years has not seen you, he doesn't want to hear your drama with your girlfriend the other night. It's, you got to do the best that uncle is so happy with you. You know, like you have a beautiful home, clean candles, bathrooms are clean. And that, that's why the restaurants uh, took after that, the guest uh, perspective, like you welcome them so they can actually enjoy what they, they leave home to come to you. They have to find something similar. If it's not, and then what's the reason for them to come back to you? Exactly. I agree. When you, you said your staff meetings, you like to, to make sure that they're, they're very kind and stuff. Like, and you're, every time I've been there, I've always had amazing service and stuff. How do you make people focus on providing such excellent service? Because especially in these trying times the past year or so, I imagine it's hard for servers and customers alike. Like, how do you keep everyone positive and, and so friendly? One, uh, when things go like south, that's hard, right? But when you have a very good positive staff, that's pretty easy because we don't correct uh, our staff on a spot. We usually have meetings about issues. It's not like during the day and all that thing. We keep notes and then later on we have a meeting and we can, you know, fix stuff. I think is that 
you know, that dessert thing, you know, that have a drink on me. Uh, uh, how, you know, how was your day yesterday? Uh, anything I can do for you? The relationship that we have created with the staff has been pretty nice. And, and we have a very happiness uh, house here. Uh, not much of like uh, bringing stuff to work and all that. And we help people here all the time, uh, whatever they need. If they need a ride, they don't have a car, uh, whatever they need, I'd be there for them. And that has helped my business a lot because I can't do it without them. If I don't help them, how can they help me? Right, of course. And do you have more food stories? Like what, do you have like, like a dinner that like maybe blew you away or something with some really fun or super delicious or maybe a server went above and beyond for you? Do you have a, a fun story like that? I, I, uh, I requested a calamari once somewhere, but they didn't have it on the menu that night and they were super busy. And the server said, I need to talk to the chef and be back. He didn't come back to tell me, yes, he came back with a calamari. Nice. That was incredible. <laughs> like, I don't remember the restaurant name. I think it's an important one. Maybe it was the, the Guild House. That was a couple of years ago. And that, that was impressed. Like, I'm like, you don't usually get that on a busy restaurant. Like, what a well. Right. I wondered, maybe, did they know who you were? Like, maybe, because I feel like sometimes hospitality people, they hook up other hospitality people. I don't tell people who I am when I go. No, I keep my head down. Oh, really? Come on. You're so big and boisterous. You know, they... I, I don't feel comfortable when I tell someone that I'm this guy. I just don't know. I, 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 I'm flashy on different ways, but I'm not flashy on this way. I'm, I'm, I really like to brag about like, you know, when I build something, when I change something, uh, paint the room. But when it comes to like, hey, uh, I'm Walter, you know, treat me good. I can't do that. I'm, I have a hard time. Which is good. I think that's the classy move. How about this? One of my listeners asked me if I would eat an all-you-can-eat buffet at a strip club. And I... <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yes, I would, but I don't think I'd be able to get any content. I'd probably get beat up. You know, you can't really pull out your phone and get some content. How about you, Walter? Would you eat eat uh, all you can eat buffet at a strip club? Well, so <laughs> I've been only a couple of times in a strip club in America. Uh, not in the, I don't want to say in America. That's a, that's a too big of the um, uh, area uh, in Columbus, Ohio. And that was a while back. I don't think I want to go back or especially eat but different from Europe. Europe is a very top dollar, top clean and a really nice plate and the strip club later. Uh, <laughs> and I that here in Ohio, uh, it's, a different, uh, uh, it's a different business uh, concept. Uh, here is only strip club and you don't see food on strip club. And I probably agree on that. They should never have food there. I'm not a big strip club guy myself, but the ones I have been to are definitely dirty. I barely feel comfortable drinking in there, let alone eating. Right. How often do you go back to, to Europe? Do you go frequently, like once a year? Do you try to go back? So I try to go back uh, once in the other year. Every time I do go back, I, I, I try to focus on fish. It depends. If I go to Greece, I'm going after lamb, roasting lamb and all that. They do some incredible dishes there. If I go to Turkey, uh, pretty much the same thing. A lot of meat. Italy it will be probably seafood. And I tell everyone that I know that the customer service, for some reason, in the United States is a lot better than Europe. It's probably because we, we tip. Like, I think we, since, we, since servers survive on tips, we have to be nice. 
uh, I think could be, but also is the need of the, uh, the emigration thing. Like you're an emigrant and you're trying to build up your life. You're trying harder than where you were before. You don't get the same service in Europe, no, period. So when you moved to, to America, what made you choose Columbus, Ohio? Because like, I love Columbus, but it seems like a really random city for someone not from the States to pick. This is almost every man's story. It's always a woman. <laughs> nice. That was always, it was a, you know, a long time ago, I was, I fell in love and, 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 and things happened very quick. And then at the same time, I had family here too. So that was very quick, easy decision for me. And then uh, I came over here. I didn't like it beginning. It, it was hard. The, the traditionals and uh, the, uh, the friendship, and all, I didn't have that here. So I felt alone. I felt like, uh, and then South Inn was not as nice as now. Uh, it was a little bit rougher that time. That, that, that was hard. And then a year, start things changing. Because, you know, you come in, you go like, what's horseradish? Oh, my God. What is horseradish? That's disgusting. And everyone is eating that in the restaurant. I go like, what, are you, what is this? Like, is this thing what Americans eat, right? And then ketchup? Oh, my God. What is ketchup on the front? <laughs> Why you guys use ketchup? What is ketchup? We use mayonnaise. <laughs> right. And it's better. Right. Mayonnaise is better. But you know, my favorite part now is actually horseradish. So really I, cool. 15 years later, um, uh, I don't think I can go back. I really like it here a lot. Awesome. Well, 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 I'm glad to have you here, here in the States. So when you first moved here, were you instantly like working at Walters at the Manicor or did you start somewhere else? Uh, I started somewhere else. I worked on that place uh, for 10 years. Uh, it was a family business. And after 10 years, I made uh, my move to open my own restaurant. I actually heard through the grapevine that you're coming up with a new restaurant. Is that correct? A new diner or deli or something? Yeah, yeah. So you heard about that. Is that top secret? Because I can edit that in post. We don't have to say that on the podcast. If It, it if is that... not a top secret, actually. It is a, it is a very out there. Um, I've been telling people that too, that I want to open a diner. I want to open a diner that, where I can retire. It's going to be, it's going to be my baby. Uh, and it's going to take a, maybe a year, two or three till it's open. The reason is I want to do it heavy duty where even if I rent it for 10 years, it's still good enough for me after it. I don't have to do more renovations. I want to focus on a really amazing hash browns, crispy hash browns. Like I want to, how often you find crispy hash browns? It's rare, man. Like usually you get those country potatoes where they're like too thick and they're kind of mushy. Like it's hard to get a crispy brown. So even if you ask on a diner, can I have hash browns crispy? You might see a tiny little bit brown on the top and it's just all like, I, and that turned me into, I really want to do something that not many people do. At least around here, I want to focus on absolutely 100% cast iron cooking only, good potatoes, eggs, greasy spoon, but clean, and then French toast house. So uh, I don't see many French toast house around here. So I want to focus on that too. Dude, that's incredible. Would you consider maybe practicing at Walters, just like maybe like a special little brunch bonus menu or something? That way we don't have to wait three years. I've been working on my own a little bit. When you open the new restaurant, are you going to work at Walters still or only at the new diner? Like, because that's going to be a lot of work to be at two places. I've been thinking about it. I've been getting some consulting from uh People that are above me, more experienced in the restaurant. It's going to be a tough decision. Uh, I'm probably going to look for a partner where I can take care of him very well and then run that. Because Walters here 
it's so well established that I will feel not comfortable to actually leave this place or just step away. Uh, I want to be here because I have created this relationship uh, with a lot of guests that I, I doesn't seem fair for me to split and then have someone else in charge. It's a personal, uh, a personal touch here. So I, I, I do want to stay here for a while. That's good, man. Would you consider putting some Albanian items on your diner? That could be fun. Yeah, my mom does not want to work. Okay, because you are you not good at cooking Albanian style? Uh, I am, but not as good as she is. And if I don't do that, and I don't, I'd rather not do it. Something about executing the dish 100%. It's something about it. Uh, no cutting corners. No, just do it because no one else knows how is the real thing. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of making something like really, really, really close. And if I can't do it, I'm not going to do it. I respect that. Would you say that, are you a perfectionist? I would say so. You know what? Perfectionists are hard to work for and work with sometimes, but for the customer's perspective, it's the best ever. Like I love a perfectionist. We we do have a you know a couple of uh, arguments here and there with the kitchen, but one thing that we really understand is we are here to make our guest happy because we do have a personal relationship with everyone in here where we don't get offended on saying like why did you put too much paprika here. <laughs> You know, like we, we don't mind that much anymore. Beginning was a little tough till we got that relationship with the chefs, with the staff. But now it's a pretty easy. It's all like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we work together very well. on that. That's great. I just want to echo what you said that yeah. I just want to say that your your passion shines through at your restaurant. Um, it's always very warm and welcoming. I love that you go around and talk to tables. I think that's a really nice touch. Like it always makes me feel so special when an owner comes and says, hi, like, I just think you're crushing it, man. And I wish you the best of luck and, and the, all the success. You know, thank you very much, Anthony. I appreciate you. <laughs> of course. Have a good rest of the day, buddy. We'll talk. All right, bye, bye bye now. All right. Hey, that was the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you could please subscribe and tell a friend, share us on social media, give us a five-star review. I greatly appreciate it. If you have any questions, please hit me up. I love questions. So you can go to my website, upperfeastside.com. Hit me up on Instagram, upperfeast. Even leave a comment. Anyway, you know how to do it. If you're listening to a podcast, you can figure out how to get a question to me. So I want to hear your questions. I want to interact with you guys. And uh, I greatly appreciate you listening. Thank you so much.